I remember being a teenager and my mom saying things about, oh, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18. And in my head, she wasn't directly telling me to wait until I was 18, but she was very much indirectly influencing how I should view sex as it related to age. And that is probably why when I started having sex, I didn't tell the truth about it. Because I was guilty. I felt ashamed, right? My mom waited. Why didn't I wait? And that is what we're going to talk about today. Whole guilt, whole shame. What makes someone ashamed of being a hoe? Why is it negative? How do you overcome feeling guilty about your hoe activity? Uh, we're going to address all of that today. So, yeah. Welcome to Provocative. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to get right into it. It's your freak hostess, Jody, and you're tuned into Provocative. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. I will marry a nigga off some dick. Because everything else we can work on. And I have uh, sporadic periods of excessive masturbation. I really like how that just sounded. If I fuck you once and it's good, I'm going to keep fucking you. Because I didn't start sucking dick until college. Blew in that man's butthole. <laughs> that, that shit is wicked. That shit. So, while I always like to speak for myself and not for other people. I think it's safe to say that nobody is proud of having sex before the age of 18. I think that's safe to say. It's not safe to say. It's not safe to say. Niggas was out here having sex 14, 15. I know niggas with kids. No, that's not what age. I'm saying. Like, I agree. I definitely agree that people were doing it. What I'm saying is, were they proud of it? Like, oh, if yeah, you no, had to. No, no, You wouldn't tell your mama no shit like that. Exactly. You wouldn't let your parents know you were. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. Exactly. Um. So we hide it. Even though we know what we doing. We hide it. We sneak and do it. And that's because we're ashamed. We know damn well. We wasn't supposed to be doing what we was Trying doing. Trying to be fast. Pissy-tail <laughs> girls and shit. Um, and I feel like this was like a good opportunity to talk through, like, what does that look like? Because now that we're, you know, we're in our 30s and we have we have children. Um, A lot of listeners might have, like, little siblings that are, you know, probably close to that adolescent, teenage year. And how do we communicate with them about the things that they might be feeling guilty or ashamed about, right? Because I know me, I didn't have nobody to talk to. I'm the oldest, so I didn't even have a big sister, big brother, no outside of, like, my, like, I had my parents, and then, like, I have stepsisters and stuff, but we weren't close to the point where I would feel comfortable talking to them about any thoughts or desires that I was having as a teenager. Right. Um, and then also, again, having known my mom's story and my mom started having sex at 18 and then she damn near immediately got pregnant with me because she had me when she was 18. Like, it was like almost instant, right? So... 
have having known that that my mom waited until she was eighteen, and that I she ended up leaving school and all of the kind of adverse effects of being pregnant at the age of eighteen, all were influential in the guilt and shame that I would eventually develop around sex. So um, that's why I say I think it's safe to say that nobody that's having that that started having sex as a teenager would be like, oh yeah, that's not something that you brag on, like to probably to your friends. Yeah, for sure to your friends and your to your friends. But no one that no one that you're like, oh my god, I don't want to disappoint this person. (laughs) Um, but that's that's what comes with guilt, right? So um literally the definition of guilt is to feel regretful. Like you, you feel like, Oh, I should not have done that. Um, and that's not always to say like every sexual experience that you have is going to be like that, but it's definitely some sort of guilt associated with, um, being a teenager, exploring your body, because even when it comes down to, because it's not just like, it's any kind of sexual exploration. It doesn't have to actually be sex. It could be anything that you're doing that you know you wouldn't do around your parents or you wouldn't want your parents to know. Um, if you're sneaking around and doing it, there's some guilt and some shame there, right? So um, I know for me, I started having sex a week before eighth grade graduation. So I was barely out of eighth grade. And um, I remember when my mom asked me, was I having sex? Now she didn't act like she didn't immediately know, right? I just remember us sitting down watching TV. So we're watching. It had to be a Lifetime movie. I feel like it was a Lifetime movie. We were sitting down watching a Lifetime movie, and she, I don't even remember what the movie was about. I just recall my mom turning over and saying, like, and asking me, are you having sex? And then in my head, I thought to myself, like, are you going to lie or are you going to tell the truth? To to be truthful or not to be truthful. That is the question, right? Uh and I told the truth. You strong. Um, I told the truth. My mom began to cry. Like boo hooing. Like she's crying, she's hysterical. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like um I don't know how to I don't know how what to make of this situation I don't know what to make of what is going on right now I didn't know that the response would be tears and that's what the response was right and then she's asking like well when did it happen and why didn't you tell me and it's like all these questions and I'm over here like okay I told you I I answered your first question asked all these follow-up questions and now I don't know if I should start lying at this point because now I just want the questions to stop but um then 
I remember my mom saying like, okay, I'm going to take you to the doctor. We're going to see about birth control, um, all of this other stuff. Now, I I was using a condom. Like, I, I was very much using condoms. Like, so uh, at 14, I knew I did not want to be pregnant. And I didn't, like, so I... I was using condoms. But then I remember my mom taking me to the doctor. And I remember the doctor asking if I wanted to have the kind of visit on my own, like without the parent. Right. Because they asked, they asked you that. How You were you old 18, right? No, I was 14. Oh, yeah, they bogus. Yeah, I was like 14 or 15. But here's the thing, like. So the reason in which they do that is because sometimes teenagers, um, they're not going to be truthful with their parent right there. For sure. Again, it's that idea of shaming Mm -hmm. and guilt. And if my memory is correct, because I'm trying to remember if I want to say my mom was present, but I still alter my answers. So I was lying. I was still lying because she was right there. And I didn't want to hurt her more than what I saw. Like, literally me just telling her that I was having sex, tear, like, brought her to tears. And I don't want to continue to hurt this lady. <laughs> so um, I know I was, like, kind of, I was, I was being, I was, like, underplaying my sexual activity a little bit. Now, I mean, I was still only having sex with the one person that I was having sex with because I want to say he was my boyfriend for about a a little under a year so he was the only person that I had been with so uh, but I was underplaying how many times we did it I was like oh we did it twice we did it like 50 times um so I was lying about that um but Fast forward, the doctor visit is over. Everything is fine. The doctor prescribes me the birth control pill. My mom takes the prescription and would not give it to me as a way for her to have control over the situation. So she says, when you want to start back having sex, you have to come talk to me. And I'm like, that's not making me want to come talk to you, forcing me to come talk to you. And that's what happened. So, um, I want to say she actually ripped up the prescription. She ripped up the prescription. She had that lady, she had that doctor write me a prescription just for her to rip it up and say, when you want to have sex, you got to come talk to me and then we'll talk about it. That was wild. And it made me not want to come talk to you. Oh, uh, come! It, it made me yeah. not want to talk to her. I, 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 I could see, uh, I, I could see me claiming like, what? What the fuck you bring me to the doctor for? Yeah, like you took me through all of that just to be like, next time come talk to me. So <laughs> I could take you through all of that again. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Weird shit. Um, and then I got pregnant at sixteen, <laughs> and. Di- well, now I see why she wanted you to come talk to her. But that, this is what I'm saying. Not providing a safe space for me to feel like I can come talk to you and yeah. then kind of trying to trying to force me. Like, it, it definitely breeds ignorance. 
because now you don't know. It's not giving you the opportunity to learn. You're not thinking to learn. You're not trying to figure the shit out. It's just like, oh, well, I'm going to do it because you said I can't. And now it's like, oh, this why you were saying don't do this shit. Yeah, but here's the thing, too. Had she just allowed me to keep my prescription, then I probably I just would have been on birth control and I wouldn't have got pregnant. But she was trying to control and regulate when I was having sex. And as a mother and me being underage, I can understand, right? But I think there's the the takeaway here is that when you you don't we don't have a relationship where I can just come and talk to you. Because if I come to talk to you, you are emotional mm-hmm. and this we're not getting anywhere if I'm trying to come talk to you, right? Because now you're trying to, I come talk to you and you're trying to convince me not to have sex. I just said I want to have sex. <laughs> now you need to be telling me how to properly do this shit or what am I talking to you for? Exactly, exactly. Because you asked me to do that and then it that's not really what you wanted. You just don't want me to do it at all. Yeah, you want me to come to you so you can tell me no. Exactly. <laughs> So you can calmly tell me, no, I could come with you. I, um, you want me to come to you with this false sense of fucking security Ex- so you can shoot exactly me down? That's exactly no, what bro. it is. That's exactly no. what it is. I'm it's- here for you to tell me no. Get the fuck on. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. A false sense of Beat security it. that it bred further guilt, which led to me being pregnant anyway. Um, And that's why I think like, okay, because again, I was already having sex. You knew I was sexually active. Whether I was having sex at that moment, birth control would not have hurt me. You know? Yeah. So even if I didn't have sex for the next year, being on birth control would not have hurt me. Yeah. And now that I'm a mother of a daughter myself, mm-hmm. these are the things that I, I go back and I think about. And it's yeah. like, how can I be better? Because it would have made you think more about Because you start realizing, like, why? I'm taking birth control. Like, what is this birth control shit preventing? And then the fact that it was kind of like, whatever, it's kind of like, well, fuck that shit. I'm going to do what I want to do, and whatever the outcome be, be the outcome. But if you would have had that safe space, that, you know, that that real security to tell, like, okay, well, uh, this is the birth control. This is what the shit is preventing. You might have not ended up pregnant. Yeah, like, I really feel like I wouldn't have. I I don't think I would have because I would have felt, like, comfortable actually talking to my mom. Me and my mom's relationship didn't get to a point of me being comfortable talking to her until, I want to say, my mid-20s. So, very recent. Yeah. Very recent. I was going to say, it, it, it gets like that with your parents. Once they they try it until they realize, like, no, nah, this motherfucker grown now. Like, you know, like, they damn near willing to get into it with me and never talk to me again. Oh, okay, now I got to understand. I got to step back I got it because parents overdo that shit a lot yeah and I would say that that damn near was how it was even when I was like in my early 20s because or hell late late teens too because I moved out when I was 19 had my own apartment had a car had a job like that was all at 18 so I I wasn't I was I wasn't dependent on them anymore but at that point they was like you grown go do your thing anyways um, and it's, it's some shit with that, but that's a whole nother, that's a topic for another day. But 
as it related to my teenage years and me, you know, again, me being a sexually curious person and me trying to figure out what it is that I want to do while also feeling guilty and ashamed. So I'm sneaking and doing shit. Like I was very much so at, at my high school, we used to have like advisories once a month on a Wednesday. So we got out of school like four hours early. And it wasn't like no other CPS school was like getting out of school at that time. So it, a, a lot of us, we wasn't going home. Yeah, a lot of parents at school at work already and shit. Still, they don't get off to five, and they not making it. Because even with us, we was getting out of school at a regular time, and niggas still had time to go fuck and have sex. And you knew her mama or daddy wasn't going to be home, or your mama and daddy wasn't going to be home. So. Or your friend's mama's and daddy. So We're never everybody. there. <laughs> you knew, y'all knew what crib. Hey, we finna go over full crib. They OG them not. Never that motherfucker getting high, smoking, fucking. And right. Like if they got a four bedroom, the kids at school, the Dang. mama gone. Niggas like base, we used to be all. It used to be like that with us in grammar school. Yeah. See, now nah, for me, it started in high that. school. But I don't. I think also the reason why it wasn't like that for me in grammar school, whereas like I'm sure other people at my grammar school had that experience. It wasn't my experience because I went to grammars. Uh, so I stayed with my. Uh, uh, I stayed with my abuela. For abuela. <laughs> I stayed with my abuela for a significant amount of grammar school. But then when I got old enough to catch the bus when I was 12, I would just catch the bus home. So my sixth, seventh, eighth grade year, like I'd be at my grandma house, be at my grandma house, uh, be around there, but not that much. Like I would just go home. So my abuela stayed in the uh, back of the yards area. But we lived in Inglewood. So I'm leaving the back of the yards where I go to grammar school and then going to Inglewood. So like I ended like the the guy I lost my virginity to was from Inglewood. Like that was the area he was from. It wasn't from the people. Like I didn't lose my virginity to anybody that I went to grammar school with type shit. Right. Even though I was in grammar school. But um, I'm sure a lot of people had that experience. Uh, and I'm sure had I been in the back of the yards area more, I would have had that experience too, but it was just like a little different. But also with, even with me growing up in Inglewood, I was, it was like a lot of older guys coming at me too. Uh, cause even a guy I lost my virginity to, he was three and a half years older than me. So he was damn near a senior in high school and I was in eighth grade. Like, I was coming out of eighth grade, and he was going into So, I was about to be a freshman. He was about to be a senior. Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not, nigga, nigga. I know a bunch of seniors. Nigga, then all the seniors that were, when we came in as freshmen, all the senior niggas was fucking all the freshman bitches that came in with us. It's yeah, like, they forgot like, about all the bitches that was there before. <laughs> they was fucking yeah, all the freshman and, bitches. Yeah, and what's. <laughs> it's like looking back, that is wild. Wild. R. Kelly. 
That's wild as hell. Uh, it be, be all them same your, niggas. The way you think at 14 is not how you think at 18. You cannot compare them. Yeah, at all. And niggas be knowing. Niggas, that's, and that's why people be sick-minded because you knowing. Like, you got, you 14 and I'm 18. I know I'm finna say some shit you ain't never heard or show you some shit that you ain't never heard that's gonna make it easy for me to manipulate you. So. Right. Um, niggas don't even be looking at it like that. That's why it be them same niggas right now. They be driving up to high school, picking up them damn kids, them damn girls, and nigga, you been out of school for three years. Facts. And to stay about? along with this, I remember there was there were multiple instances where because of my fear of my mom, there are things that I didn't tell her that I probably should have for my for safety reasons. All right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, when I was in sixth grade, again, I wasn't having sex yet either. So, this was even before I had sex. But everything about my interactions with my mom up until that point, nothing led me to believe that I could come talk to her about this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, even if I tried to, I'm like, nah, she's going to take it the wrong way. And then eventually when she found out I was having sex, boom, what she do? Take it the wrong way. <laughs> so it's like, see, I knew it. But uh, I was 12, and I had this uh, best friend at the time, and uh, we were always together, and she had come over to my house and spent the night plenty of times. But this time she was like, I want you to come, o- I want you to come over with me for the weekend. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, let me ask my mom. So I called my mom. Uh, well, no, I was with my mom. So I called, uh, basically she connected my mom with, uh, her people. But here's the thing. I wasn't actually going to that friend's like house with her parents. Right. We actually ended up going to her. So she had an older brother. Her older brother had a girlfriend. So the girlfriend, I think at the time, we're like 12. The girl got to be like maybe 18, 19. So we're going with her. She's like, oh, this is like my big sister. She's dating my brother. We finna go over her house. But that the, my mom had talked to her. And my mom was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, for the weekend. This was one of the first times I spent the night out with people that weren't related to me. In that weekend, I think I was exposed to so much danger. (laughs) And I just wanted to go home. I just wanted to go home. I'm 12 years old. This girl is like 19. We're eating like Harold's and pizza like the whole weekend. Like there's no real food. There's no real meals here. So order and take out. This girl is cool with like these other older, older men, older niggas or whatever. They in the hallway smoking. So I'm 12 years old around these 21, 22, you know, 19, like 19 to 24 age range people. They smoking, they on the block, kicking it. I was over there like, I'll give you the, it was in the, in the Chatham area, in the Chatham neighborhood, because we was over there by like Maryland. Mm-hmm. So 
they just out kicking it, whatever, whatever. And I remember this, uh, she had walked over to me, the, uh, my friends, uh, the, the girl that we was with, the 18 year old, 19 year old girl that we was with, right. Uh, her quote unquote play big sister. So she had walked over to me and was like, yeah, um, is you, are you having sex? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, okay, because one of these guys was trying to pay me to have sex with you. And I'm like, I'm 12. I'm 12. I don't look like anything but a 12-year-old. And all I, I'm like, okay, I don't want to overreact. Because, again, I'm 12. I'm yeah. a kid. I'm a fucking kid. So I'm like. That's, that shit weird. Yeah. Mind you. The guy was like, the guy was definitely over the age of 21. Like, dead ass over the age of 21. They drinking. They're able to go into the liquor store and buy liquor. This is how I know they over the age of 21. I am 12. And when I was 12, I was very much a skinny 12. Like, I just started gaining weight at my age. And I'm still not even 130 pounds. So, a 12-year-old me... And motherfuckers looking at me like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I know I don't look like I'm older than 12. Um, And I couldn't tell my mama about that. Then it was another situation that same weekend where it's this guy. He basically held, had me hemmed up in the bathroom. And I just want to leave the bathroom. And he got, he got his, like, hand on the door. He's, like, forcing me to talk to him. I am extremely uncomfortable. And had I felt comfortable, I feel like it, you know, you hear those stories about girls where it's like, okay, I snuck out the house, but I, I don't like, I don't feel safe, but I don't want to call my parents because I don't want to get in trouble. Those are the types of situations I was in for an entire weekend. And to this day, my mama still don't know. Like me talking about this now, if she listens to this episode, she'll know, obviously. <laughs> but this is one of the first times I'm talking about this because I had to literally sit back and think about it. And granted, I had I knew after I went home that I was never returning. I knew that I was never asking to go to this particular friend's, you know, like I wasn't, that wasn't the situation at all. If she wanted to see me on the weekend or whatever, you could come over to my house. Like I knew that I didn't want to feel what I felt anymore. But I think that's one of the I, I bring that story, those stories up to talk about the adverse effect of placing uh, indirectly and, un, you know, in many ways, unintentionally. You don't want people to feel ashamed about stuff. Right. Because now there's a fear attached to that and they don't want to disappoint you. So it's like I I felt like it was my fault because I wanted to go there for the weekend. So I didn't want to, oh, well, if I tell my mom, then she's going to say, like, well, I can't go outside or I can't. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's all of these other different, you know, ways that it could have played out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's what kind of goes into, you know, people just being ashamed, just period, about exploring themselves sexually especially you know like when you're exposed to stuff early on like way before you're supposed to now it's like i don't know what to make of you know like mm -hmm. oh i have these desires but now i feel mm -hmm. Ugh, maybe i shouldn't feel this way right um so yeah i think 
we have to find a way to overcome and get past placing that on other people and trying to regulate and control other people. Cause I think that's like, that was kind of like what I took away from it. Right. Yeah, I think that's what it, that, that, that shit happens with everybody. I think it's just as like, as far as like parents and not even parents, as far as people, like we got to stop pointing the finger because once you get the point in the finger, it's like, damn, you don't know how that shit making other people feel. You don't know what that mm-hmm. shit cause other people. So I just feel like as people, parents, especially parents, if you got kids, create that safe space. Like it, all parents always say, like they try to create that safe space. And I'm a parent myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I know I try my best to create a, a safe space for my kids, for them to talk to me. But at the same time, I know I'm a parent, so sometimes I come off hard or I come mm-hmm. off like I'm I don't understand because in at the end of the day you like you a parent, so you have to give this sternness, you have to like try to make everything, but at the same time it's just know your kids, you know, and just just yeah. know cause if you don't give them that safe space, shit like this. And I ain't saying like that that shit could have been ten times worse. It could have, like, it could have, like, I, when I think about what could have possibly happened, like, what if Shorty said, yeah, give me the cash, go get her? Mm-hmm. That could have been a whole nother issue. It, yeah, like, it. What if dude didn't want to talk in the bathroom? Yeah. So, it definitely, yeah. it, it, it could have, it could have been way worse. And then, like I say, with shit like that, now you got to. Day for day after this shit, knowing you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like literally not even wanting to parent. go to sleep too. Because you know? it's like, you know, like, even though, because here's the thing, you're not technically grown, grown. <laughs> you 18, you living in your father's house, never met her father never came to the apartment. You got these different niggas in and out of here. They your friends, whatever, whatever. But things could have went wrong in so many different ways. And like I said, me and my friend were in sixth grade. We're 12. Um, And this is, you know, again, I for, for days after that, I was like, oh, my God. But even when I was there, I was uncomfortable going to sleep. I'm over here like, oh, I kind of got to sleep with one eye open because – why these niggas ain't left? Yeah. Um, but that shit traumatizing. Yeah, yeah, that it shit, is. That shit traumatizing. And so it's like you know I. Then how do you, how do your child tell you some shit like that? Like yeah, they're like I don't know if they don't feel comfortable. Like you got to give them that that comfortability. You got to create that safe space because yeah, people need to be able to vent. Like niggas like stress and mental stress and mental issues and shit like that. That shit is. Is real. Yeah, like the as it relates to you know whole guilt and just sex guilt and shame in general. Making someone feel bad about something does not. It don't make, do you any good. It it does it no doesn't. one any good. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It don't do you no good, and it don't do them no good. It, it ain't no good. No use of doing that shit. Yeah, like. Try to help a motherfucker. Be 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 that rock. Be that shoulder they need. Be that. And that then uplifter. also, I think what's important is that tell your story. Like, don't make it seem like okay. 
like I feel like sometimes parents are too vague. Like they super vague and they like, oh, I made my, I was young once too, but they never actually tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so they never actually tell you what they got into. So it's like, it's hard for you to relate to them. Like, and like, and that shit comes with that safe space. Cause if they tell you, baby, I was a hoe. This why you should not be a hoe. Cause this is what the fucking go on. I was out here young. I was doing this. I was doing that. I, I didn't been in cribs with niggas and Damn near, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Like, that shit of uh, uh, give your child something. But if you don't give them that knowledge to think about and you, you're just trying to, like, reframe them and keep them from doing shit, that's why our shit always ends up going bad. Yep. It yep. always ends up going bad. And it be fucked up because you damn near lead your child into some bad shit because you're because not properly you, guiding them. That's key. You that's gonna, what it is. You lead them right to that shit because you're not properly giving them the guidance to avoid the shit. You're just telling them not... Don't, go don't, that do way. don't don't go do that it. Don't do it. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Why the fuck not? Yeah. And then, especially if you steady telling me you were young and okay, you did. I, I, obviously, you survived because I'm here. You know what I'm talking about? You still mm-hmm. alive. So what the fuck? Like it can't be that bad. But you know, it's different strokes with different folks. So some shit that your parents might have made it through. That shit might be the death of you. That shit might exactly. be exactly. And shit it's might like be the, cause of your the more you're able to be transparent and just be like, be a human first. You know what I'm saying? Be a person first. Be relatable. For sure. I I have conversations with my daughter. And, you know, I ask her stuff like, you got a crush on that little boy? And then she be like blushing and don't want to say nothing or whatever. And I'm like, it's okay. When I was your age, I had a crush on this boy. This is who he was. And then she's like, okay, I do think he cute. Okay. I am. I'm. Here's the thing. They are little people. <laughs> I mean, they got feelings that they can't they, control. They right, like it's not like she's making an active decision to have yeah. a crush on this boy. Yeah. It's natural. Natural. I, it's all... And I don't want her to feel bad about something that's natural. And I think that's what it comes down to. Sex is natural. We make teenagers, in particular, of course. You know, if if we gave them the necessary information, education, health, safety-wise, so that they can make the appropriate decision for them. That's one thing. But we just try to tell them, like, nah, don't do it. You try you try <laughs> to be a parent. It's like, you know, then that's what that's what I think another thing is, like, that they be, oh, yeah, I'm your parent. I'm not your friend. Or, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, like do that, as like, I say, not as I do. Yeah, like, that shit doesn't work in real it life. Don't. And the shit that's so crazy is because the parents know that when they were kids, that do they as I didn't say. didn't fucking listen. So why the fuck would you think that, I mean, this shit is a generational cycle, bro. If you didn't listen to your parents and you did shit, no matter what you went through, your kid's not going to listen to you, bro. So you might as well be that person. Like like I yeah. said, like you could be a parent and be a parent, but you can also have that same, that same friendship with your child to where your child feels comfortable to talk to you about shit because you don't want them to feel guilty. You don't yeah. want them to feel like, in my experience, my worst thing was my daughter telling me that I made her feel guilty about some shit because it's like, oh, this is how you feel about that shit. So it's affecting me because this mm-hmm. is how you feel about that shit. But at the end of the day, it's like I don't want you to feel guilty because I make you feel guilty or I'm telling you you should feel guilty. If that's how you feel about that shit, if yes. you feel guilty and it sits within you to be like, Okay, this, this don't fit me. right. Right, this, this not me. me. This not right to me. Then okay, but I don't want you to be like okay. 
I feel guilty because my daddy don't like the shit or my mama exactly. don't like the shit. Because at the end of the day, that type of guilt is only going to last for so long because it's it's not genuine. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's not. So eventually, at the day or two, you might move out the band, or you might miss a party, or you might not do this, or you might not answer the phone for the nigga, or might not give him no pussy. But by that guilt not being genuinely yours, mm-hmm. it's going to wear gonna, off. Yeah, you're going to be gonna right wear back off. You're going to do exactly what it is that you want to naturally yeah, do. Yeah. And I know that even goes, that that kind of makes me think about, like, when my dad would say, like, oh, you don't want to be seen as a hoe, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, again, y'all keep telling me what it is that y'all think, and this is still my life. I have to make decisions for myself. Give me the right information so that I can figure out, like, okay, this works for me, this doesn't. Mm-hmm. And respect the choices that I make as yeah, well. Sure. Just give me the knowledge that I know. So it's like... Cause that that be the thing, like you, they, you be telling them what not to do, mm-hmm. but you don't be telling them how to properly do it if they're going to do it. Like you feel like as a parent, you shouldn't be having sex education with your child at a certain age. Why the fuck not? Right? You rap the, like I. Why the I, fuck? These kids gonna be out? They gonna yeah. run into that shit any? This shit yeah, is on TV. Gonna, this shit is on TikTok. They this shit is get it, they even gonna get the right information the from wrong. you. Or they going to get the wrong information in these streets. And i rather much be able to say, like, you know what? Let's have these conversations. Yeah. This is this is the right this is the right information. This is what to do with it. Fig- what, what feels right to you? Yeah. Because when you do it, then... You got to deal with that you shit. You got to deal I with it. I don't got to deal with it. I, I'll be there. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. If, if need be for me to be there. But at the end of the day... You got to deal with the choices that you make in life, you know, and I think that's the the most solidest thing that you could teach your kids or just yeah. teach people. It ain't even Period. like, like yeah. people in general is like, you got to deal with that shit. You have to deal with that shit. So I'm not going to shame you for nothing that you do, because at the end of the day, you got to deal with it. And if you knew, know, know that you got to deal with that shit, either you accepting that shit. Or you accepting not being okay with that shit. So exactly. the way it goes, there's nothing I can do about that shit. Facts. I'm facts. not going to shame you, though. Yeah. Um. No, totally agree. Um. I think as it relates to uh, hoe guilt, sex guilt, just period, Um. let's just try to. And here's the thing, too. It starts with our parents and then it's perpetuated over and over again by the people we surround ourselves with type shit. Like when people say, damn, you did that or damn, you know, like there's a there's a lot of judgment. Right. Um, So on the one hand, we have to allow people to be themselves and make the best decisions for themselves. If there is some helpful information to share, please do. However, you ha- they still have to do things that work for them. You cannot control them. You cannot uh, force them to be to your liking as it relates to their own sexual exploration and agency. That shit makes no fucking sense. What I eat don't make you shit. So let's keep that in mind. Um, but also, um, I think it's important important to uh just be open-minded just be open-minded uh accept people for how they are because if you you do that you like remove the judgment from it they will be more likely to come talk to you about different things different ideas I think that people would be more honest 
if there was not so much shame and guilt being passed around. For sure. Um, Because it's not even, you know, like, uh, I use my example of, like, a mom-daughter relationship, but I think it's really just, like, what are two positions of power? Because that might take place in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a, a guy and his lady, and there may be some shame there. Like, a guy is into something sexually, but his lady not. And she's judgmental as fuck. Like, no, I ain't doing that. Now, you know, now he's not comfortable talking to you. Like, it can't, it's it's a relationship thing. Like, it doesn't have to be like a parent-child. It could be like, you know, uh, two significant others. It could be, you know, friends. Big brother, little brother. Yeah. Any, any, any form of a person that listens to you. Yeah. If you have any impact on the person with your words or what you say, then you need to be cautious. Right. And I think that, you know, when you're passing this judgment, you're, you know, projecting this shame onto them, they're going to go find people that don't make them feel bad. They're going to go find people that don't. And, and the people that they go find may not have their best interests at heart. Definitely don't. So... I think the takeaway, how to kind of solve it is to, again, just be be a human. Be be a person first. Try to be understanding. Yeah, you got to be the person that you would want to talk to. Yeah. If you wouldn't want nobody judging you or telling, you know what I'm saying, be that same person, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody needs somebody. As far as, like, talking to, like, you probably don't oh, need yeah. nobody for shit else, but everybody has to vent, like. We're human. Yeah. We literally, we we are social beings. We have to communicate in some way. Um, people that never communicate with anybody whatsoever are living a lonely and sad life. And them people that be killing themselves. That's exactly what it comes down to because when people get to a point of, you know, no they, they feel like they don't have anybody. They that that's That'd be one of the last straws, feeling like you don't have anybody and you have nothing to live for. So I think that, again, make sure that we're not passing judgment. Um, I like to man my own coochie. Uh, but, yeah, as it relates to just all things. Um, I know I talked a lot about uh my back my my story with my mom in particular because I feel like that was the only reason that I my parents were the reason that I developed guilt and shame around sex. Um eventually it got to a point where sometimes my peers would because it's like, oh, I don't want them to be calling me a hoe either. But now it's to a point where I jokingly made the status yesterday and I said, hey, y'all going to come to my coming out party? I'm finally about to tell my parents I'm a hoe. But it's to a point where I'm not, I don't feel guilty about my actions anymore as it comes to, because I know who I am. I know who I am. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in me being an imperfect person or me living life um, and doing what works for me. Um, but in order to get to that point, we have to, of course, accept the fact that we feel guilty at one point or another. And what needs to take place for you not to feel guilty about exploring yourself or your sexuality, um, who you choose to be engaged with, interact with, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, 
I think we we touched on a lot with this episode as well. We talked about how to overcome guilt, what guilt looks like, what are some of the adverse effects of making someone feel guilty or ashamed about something that's natural um, or even about the things that may not be natural, but still not knowing how to communicate or how to talk to somebody about what you're experiencing because you don't want to disappoint them. So uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Provocative. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on all the different social media platforms. And yeah, I will catch y'all next time. Before you go, I want to remind you to embrace your inner hoe. Thank you for tuning in to Provocative, and don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms. Happy hoeing. P-R-H-O-E-V-O-C-A-T-I-V-E. Spell with the word hoe because deep down, we all got some hoe in us. And this is your safe space to be unapologetically provocative. Oh, is my ground too masculine? Put the nigga in missionary. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck?